Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What the hell is going on? Keeping you up to date all weekend long. It's the ATL with Abe Gordon. Let's do this on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back into the ATL Show. I'm your host, Abe Gordon, coming to you live from the Kia Studios. Got Dom Chirosky here with me. You've heard from him a little bit. I'm sure we'll hear from him a little bit more as well. Uh, again, you can follow me at Abe Gordon uh, on Twitter if you want. And uh, I got someone already yelling at me for my my thoughts on Drew Dolman. Mm. I said uh, in the last <laughs> segment that, uh, I thought that uh, if you're going to upgrade along the offensive line center is where you start. And just like I had said other people, uh, uh, I hope you're joking when discussing Drew Dahlman. He clearly improved. It's not easy to build all pros at every O-line position. I, I didn't say he didn't improve, but like, but you can still upgrade. Yeah, and also like improve – like. Again, Pretty low bar to yeah, improve it's, by. It's a, like, what level of improvement are we talking if about? If you shoot 20% from the free throw line, and then the next game you shoot 35%, you're still way below yeah, average. you're still bad. But you improved. You improved, but you're and, still and, bad. And look, ultimately, if the decision is to stay with Drew Dolman, I'm not like, that's going to cost you the season. Like, like it's not that severe. Yeah. But I am looking for minor places along the offense to improve. Besides mm-hmm. quarterback, we know that one is kind of, kind of an obvious <laughs> one. Right. But, like, honestly, I think the offense is pretty good. I don't think we need to upgrade all over the place. And if I'm talking about upgrades on offense for the Atlanta Falcons, besides the obvious quarterback position, I think you could probably upgrade the receiving core behind Drake London and probably the offensive line. And that's that's really what it boils down to. And just when you look at the line, you're not going to replace Caleb McGarry right now. Um, and so Drew Dahlman would be the upgrade. Like, I thought Matthew Bergeron did an outstanding job. We're, we're getting close to where you maybe think about replacing Jake Matthews, but you're not there yet. You're not there yet. And, and look, I think he's obviously lost a little bit, but he's still performing at a trustworthy rate. And so I'm – uh, I actually think that's one of the bigger challenges for Raheem Morris, to be honest. Um, and not in year one, but just over the course of the next couple of years, deciding when is the right time to get that guy ready. And, and look, Bergeron played tackle. Maybe that's part of his development is to eventually slide over. But uh, maybe you end up uh, taking one in the draft. I, I don't know. But I, I do think that's an interesting timeline question, Not not necessarily – uh, for this year. But all jokes aside, I do appreciate David listening and, and sending 
uh, me a comment. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – if there's anywhere along the line to improve, it's probably going to be uh, with regards to Dalman. And I say that, like, I don't think Matt Hennessy was a massive disaster. He wasn't great, but he wasn't the massive disaster people made him out to be. What did you do? You upgrade with Drew Dalman. And, again, Drew Dalman was nowhere near a disaster. And he did get better over the past season. But I also think that if you spend a second-round pick to upgrade the center position, I think it will be to the benefit of this offense. And so that's all I'm suggesting. I don't think if you keep Drew Dalman, the offensive line becomes a sieve every single snap. Just saying you're looking for incremental uh, places to boost things. So there you go. Uh, again, that was part of our discussion last segment where I talked about what I would like to hear Terry Fontenot and uh, Raheem Moore say on Monday. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that give me some give me some confidence that you're going to be aggressive in regards to the quarterback, and then also just who's calling the plays defensively: Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, or Raheem Morris, the uh, new head coach uh, and and former defensive coordinator there with the Rams, who has been in that role uh, quite a bit in his career. All right. We got the SEC and the Big Ten coming up. We're going to talk a little bit more Hawks at the end of the hour as well. But right now, it is time to go outside the perimeter. It may be the ATL show, but it's bigger than just Atlanta. It's time to go outside the perimeter. Banning the globe. Banning the globe. On the ATL show, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. So some interesting news that came like the back half of today because I had pretty much Typed this up and and was ready to go. And, and then as I was driving in, a couple things happened. And then actually during the show, we've had some breaking news. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't halt the show because it's not breaking in, on Atlanta's behalf. Um, but in the NBA, a pretty big story in regards to Zach Levine is going to have foot surgery. He's going to miss the remainder of the season for the Chicago Bulls. So um, a tough break there, figuratively potentially literally yeah. uh, on his right foot. Um, but he's going to miss the remainder of the season. And uh, look, uh, you know, the Hawks have won three in a row. Like they may start to slide the bulls. Let's, let's just see how, let's see what the Hawks can do. I don't I don't even know where the bulls are in the standings to be honest, but I had to imagine the way the Hawks played. They're probably above, above the Hawks, but um, yeah, you never know. You, you just never know. So that was some significant news. Uh, in regards to the NBA, uh, we've also got some stuff in in regards to the NFL that I was really surprised by, and only because it seemed to be like an afterthought. What's going on? Where are the Bulls? I was just just for clarification, the Bulls are only a game and a half above the Hawks. Yeah, right now. like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> is that is that for the nine seed? Yep. So they've been playing well too because the Hawks have won three straight and haven't gained any ground. Yeah. I'm just saying, like. You you lose a player like that, like that's a spot the Hawks should be grabbing. And, and we're going to get more into this uh, in our final segment. But the idea of why the Hawks aren't trading pieces away, even though the deadline's approaching, like, yeah, that's going to have an impact on their decision. Because at this point, you should consider yourselves jumping the Bulls without issue. Moving into the ninth seed. And, and again, like, the play-in is not the goal for this team this season, but... Uh, it's better than nothing, I guess. I, I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But back to the NFL. And, again, it is the APTL show. We are going outside the perimeter right now. It's part of the show where I talk about some of the top national sports stories, headlines, and topics. And uh, odd story regarding Cliff Kingsbury, who seemed set 
kind of had been reported and darn near announced as the Raiders' offensive coordinator. It turns out he never officially signed his contract. And he has now removed himself from consideration uh, for the Raiders' offensive coordinator job. Now, pull that thread a little longer, and it spins itself out to where a lot of people believe that he removed himself from consideration when Dan Quinn got the job for the Washington Commanders. And there's potential that he is now the leading offensive coordinator coordinator for Washington. And again, pull that thread a little more, spin it out a little further. That may lead some to believe that there is a play for Caleb Williams. And Caleb said he was reportedly said not interested in going to Chicago. Washington has the number two pick. What would it cost for Washington to go from two to one? The Bears can still take a pretty good quarterback uh, and, and and figure it out there. So, so a lot of things in motion in regards to that. But certainly interesting that he seemed locked in to have an NFL coordinator job and is now backed out kinda, of that. Kind of pulled a Josh McDaniels on him. You yeah, know, but McDaniels. no one's broken up when McDaniels does it. Like that—that's <laughs> yeah, the difference. True. Everyone's like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, <laughs> and Raiders fans are not like, yeah, Colts thankfully fans were very avoiding. Happy. Yeah, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. It was like, oh man, it's a bummer. And, and, and you know, now we'll see where they go because there's not a ton of court. Again, that doesn't mean he's 100 locked in uh, with the Commanders. We'll have to see how that plays out. But I know there has been some of that thought process uh, as well. So, Carl Weathers. Passes away. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, he was a Raider for a short time. Uh, if you're not familiar with the name Carl Weathers, you probably know him better as Apollo Creed from the Rocky film franchise. If you're a little younger, maybe you know him as Chubbs. Uh, if you're somewhere in between, Action Jackson. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, there's no denying yes. how outstanding an actor Carl Weathers was. Some iconic roles, some iconic lines. Um, one of my favorite memes or gif gif whatever you want to call it uh yeah. the predator handshake with him and schwarzenegger mm-hmm. where short hey, doing you know and then they have the two <laughs> yeah. muscled up yeah bicep pounding handshake like i love that one so uh certainly that's in there but uh unfortunately carl weathers did pass away uh reportedly i, I guess we found out about it yesterday i don't know when when it actually happened but yesterday uh, a couple other things here as we continue outside the perimeter. A fight I was really looking forward to uh, got canned, got canceled. And that is uh, Tyson Fury and Alexander Usek. Uh, that fight is off. Now, earlier today, they did announce it was rescheduled May 18th. Uh, Fury got a cut, a nasty cut, by the way, real gnarly, just above his eye. Apparently got clipped while sparring, which, I mean, not a Alexander Usek can put yeah. you out. So not a great, <laughs> right. not a great sign <laughs> that you didn't <laughs> contacted that badly in, in sparring. Who knows? It could have been an elbow. It could have been anything. A headbutt, accidental. Who knows? Um, but uh, it was not going to be closed up for, for their original fight timeline, which I believe was the end of this month. So they are going to fight in May 18th. Now there's some weird stuff where, like, Different organizations had Fury needing to defend his belt against someone else by March, so he may lose a belt. It's all stupid. 
Like the whole belt thing and uh, yeah, all what, that nonsense. Yeah, it was nonsense. like it was be up for like six belts or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it is good news that they did reschedule it, though, because I was talking with Randy McMichael when we saw that it got canned and we saw the cut, and I'm like, I don't know if they're ever going to do this fight. You know, kind of like, and I'm watching the UFC right now uh, on my computer in front of me, like kind of like the Stipe John Jones fight. It, it keeps getting pushed back and injuries affecting it and whatever. I'm like, I don't know if they're just ever going to fight. Like, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't overly confident they would get a fight put on the books um, because it was a huge event. And, and so now you got to reschedule probably other fights, undercards, all that stuff, make it all up. But uh, they, it looks like they do have a date for that. And uh, two other stories, uh, just the Baltimore Orioles traded for Corbin Burns, former NL Cy Young Award winner with the Milwaukee Brewers. And it's a situation where – they didn't trade any of their top five prospects. And so they may not be done trading because even with Corbin Burns, their rotation could use a boost. So uh, I'm not sold that they don't also go after Dylan Cease. Now, it would require the White Sox to stop being ridiculous because they're just completely unrealistic. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if the Red Sox, excuse me, the Orioles are done uh, after trading Corbin Burns. And then uh, – for those of you who've been waiting to get into college basketball, uh, today is a good day to do it. Now, you already missed one game. That was number four, Houston, at number eight, Kansas. And Kansas got out to it early, and they pretty much held a lead throughout. I think they won by, I don't remember where it finished, maybe 14, 16, 18 points, something like that. But uh, Fog Allen was rocking, and, and Kansas, uh, Allen Fieldhouse there, they, they held home serve. So, Number eight, Kansas takes out number four, Houston. But that's not it for the night. Coming up still tonight, number seven, Duke at number three, North Carolina. Boom, top ten matchup. You don't like ACC? Maybe you're an SEC feller. That's cool. Number five, Tennessee at number ten, Kentucky. Another top ten matchup. Uh, and in the Big 12, not, not to be outdone, a second-ranked matchup of the day. We mentioned Houston, Kansas. Iowa State, number 12, at number 18, Baylor. And uh, don't forget, Big Ten people not leaving you out of the college basketball weekend. It's not today. It is tomorrow. But number two, Purdue on the road at number six, Wisconsin. So if you've been waiting until this time to get into college basketball, today's a great day to start. There are some outstanding matchups. Uh, UConn had a very good win with, with a limited roster today, too. So uh, keep an eye on them uh, while you're getting towards March and filling out your brackets. Uh, boy, it, it's a good one, though, in, in college basketball. All right, that's it for Outside the Perimeter. When we come back, it, it is a different story. It's not necessarily Atlanta-based, but certainly the impact will be felt here in and around the city. The SEC and the Big Ten forming a partnership in about five minutes. Uh, when we get back here on the ABTL show, I'll tell you what I believe they are trying to accomplish it, uh, uh, trying to accomplish, and when they are trying to accomplish it by. That's what's coming up next. It is the APTL Show. I'm your host, Abe Gordon. Got Dom Trosky here with me as well on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. 
from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One, two, three. Are you ready? Give it up for my friend. Back to more of the Abe TL Show. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back in 92.9 The Game. It is the ATL Show. I'm your host, Abe Gordon, coming to you live from the Kia Studios here. The sun is starting to depart across Atlanta. Hopefully the temperature stays up a little bit because uh, today was very enjoyable. Walking the dog, no jacket, no coat, no nothing. Uh, just just me, the pup, and, you know, the bags I use to take care of business, so. Uh, very nice, very nice walk today, and, and it'll be a little cooler when I, by the time I get home. But uh, get a race home, too. Uh, we were talking about it. I just mentioned it. The night in college basketball is, is outstanding. You got Duke in North Carolina, Tennessee and Kentucky. Going to be center stage there. I'm watching a UFC card, uh, and certainly the Atlanta Hawks, who we're going to talk about in our next segment, going for their fourth win in a row today. And it would be their third at least in my opinion, against very quality opponents. Certainly Phoenix last night, the Lakers before that, uh, and we'll see how it plays out uh, tonight against the Golden State Warriors. I think this is a Hawks team that, you know what, I'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We, we have talked about it, so we'll see how that plays uh, in, in just a little bit. But what I do want to talk about here is another college basketball story, that being – the SEC and the Big Ten, and it was announced on Friday that the Big Ten Conference and the Southeastern Conference were forming a, quote, joint advisory group. Love those words. Great. Means nothing. Just just say a pact or a committee. It would have been fine. Joint advisory group. I, I mean, some editor got hold of their press release and like, I, I got you, bro. I'm I got a, one for I'm going to punch this up right here. Yo, yo, yo. yo. <laughs> Come, come look how I change it. Look this up, right? Uh, dude, that's nice, right? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Joint Advisory Group Committee uh, to address the significant change facing college athletics. Uh, significant change. Could have just said the problems or the issues, but uh, significant change. Okay, sure. Um, Going to be university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors. 
And, like, when you say it'll be athletic directors, what we really mean is it's going to be the head coaches of these football teams telling the athletic directors what they want and what they need. So, like, I know they say the head coaches aren't directly involved. The ADs will be reporting back uh, quite a bit. So, uh, trust me, uh, I, I think Kirby Smart will somehow find his say in, in that group. Um Here's the thing. I, I know we talked earlier in the week about the lawsuit in regards to Tennessee and the NCAA and the grandiose question of, is this the end of the NCAA? And, and yeah, like maybe it is. I think the question is how quickly and what the timeline is. And I think that, to me, is what is most overstated by the announcement of this joint advisory group, this partnership between college football's two biggest most significant and important conferences. And I say that because, like, I just don't think this is the big jump towards the super conference that everyone thinks it is. Now, I just I don't expect things to move that fast. It, it, ultimately, it might end up there. But I don't think that's the first order of business for this joint advisory group. And I think there is, by the way, a first order of business for this group, and I think they're going to start out addressing much smaller issues that, like, 100% need to be changed, need to be adjusted, need to be modified before they get into, like, the super change of, of the end of the NCAA and we're no longer this sport and now this and now. No, I, I just – I think other things are going to be addressed first. I think other things are more important, to be honest. Like, like college football is going to survive – in the setup that they are right now. Here's the first thing I think they address. Maybe you feel different, by the way. Like, I know John Fricky is like, this is it. Here we go. Buckle up. I just I just don't think it's happening like that. That's not how it goes down. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, why I don't think that in a, in a moment. But I will say this. The first thing I think they try to fix is the scheduling of the college football season. And I don't mean the games, but – I think that needs to be adjusted. The coaches have already told you it needs to be adjusted. That's their first order of business, okay? Signing day and the transfer portal is a real problem. The timing of it is an issue. They will figure that out. Now, maybe it's going back to one signing day, no early signing day. Because when I grew up covering the sport, it was just the February, right? It was just the first Wednesday in February. That signing day, there was no early signing day. Maybe they have to go back to that. In terms of the transfer portal, we saw an issue this year in regards to teams that are still playing in the playoffs, players potentially leaving into the portal as soon as the portal opens, stuff like that. I think they need to keep the portal closed until all college football games have been played, including the championship game. And that leads us to our second order of business, which which I think ties itself into this a little bit. I definitely think they're going to adjust the transfer portal and signing day at some point. We are headed towards the first year of a 12-team playoff. They are going to identify problems and issues and work to adjust them quickly. And I think when we talk about the first order of business being the scheduling of the offseason – and the second order business, they go directly hand in hand. Why? Because the season's going to last much longer and include many more teams, right? Like we were talking about 
well, the transfer portal between Alabama and Michigan and Washington and Texas, now it's not four teams. Now it's three times that. And and you're going to have a lot more decisions being made. I I think that kind of ties together, right? The opening of the portal, the larger playoff field, stuff like that. And and look, there are going to be issues with a 12-team playoff that I don't foresee. Right, and I think part of this committee is going to want to be addressing them as they happen. Don't let these problems build and build and build. Let's 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 diagnose the issue and find a solution as early as possible. And that's why I think they're coming together now. They want a good hard look at the first year of a 12-team playoff and adjust what needs to be adjusted. And then, yeah, yeah, we now we can get to the final issue, right? The long-term issue, in my opinion. There has to be a better plan for long-term sustainability of this NIL model. There are going to be changes. Maybe it gets to the point where schools are directly paying players. There's an employee system. We, we We all know the possibilities. The first steps, though, legislation and regulation, is not something that's going to be done in one offseason. I think they can adjust the college football schedule quickly. I think they can address unforeseen issues with the college football playoff as they happen. But I think it's a much longer and much more detailed issue to figure out exactly what the best path forward is for the NIL. And that will be a path that they look to adjust. But I also think that's in time. And I also think that that, whatever their decisions are, aren't necessarily the end for the NCAA. Uh, I, I just I don't think the SEC and Big Ten want to get rid of the NCAA. I, in fact, I think it's quite the opposite. They want their fall guy. They want someone to blame in certain situations. It's nice to have that. And so, while they're enacting change, I, I think they are going to keep the NCAA right where they are. And, and while the, the power... Structure may be a little bit different internally. I think externally, that's what we're going to be presented with. And then you look at the other situation. Because the SEC and the Big Ten will enact change. It is then up to, and this is why the NCAA is not going away, and this is why people need to realize that. The NCAA will not go away unless... Member institutions that are not in the SEC and the Big Ten refuse to go along with the path forward set by this joint advisory group. If everyone in college football is agreeing to the suggestions of this joint advisory group, the NCAA has no reason to end because the SEC and Big Ten will have no reason to pull away. It's only when they are forced to pull away Will the NCAA actually go away and we'd be looking at a new era? Like, a a split would be an eventual and logical step if the member institutions do not agree with the path set forward by this joint advisory group. But if they agree, it's not going anywhere. Like I said, I I think it's beneficial to have the NCAA in place while you're trying to enact this change. And if every one of the NCAA's member institutions is in agreement with some of these suggestions, it's not going to be killed off. It's not going away. And so, look, down the road, certainly, there is a, a 
probability, a possibility, even a likelihood that that does happen. But I don't think, like, in two years they're going to be like, here's the SEC and Big Ten's plan and the NCAA, you're out of here. Like, I just don't think that's the timeline. Again, it's going to take a year or two just to work on the college football schedule, the transfer portal, signing day, figuring out issues with the playoffs, how to address those. It's just not as fast forward as people make it seem. Now, I'm talking specifically about this joint advisory group. Whether the issue between Tennessee and the NCAA becomes something different, that remains to be seen. But I do not think that that this joint advisory group is automatically the beginning of the end because if schools agree to the suggestions, like why are you you're not getting that that is the NCAA. The, everyone understands the NCAA is not some rogue group. The NCAA is made up of its member institutions, including the SEC and Big Ten. It's only going to separate if the remaining member institutions, not the SEC and not the Big Ten, refuse to move forward with the path determined by this group. And so for everyone who thinks it's just going away, and this is the big step forward we'd all been waiting, it just isn't. It just isn't. And the first business of or first order business, like I said, it's not to kill off the NCAA. It's to adjust the college football schedule, and we'll see how quickly they can get that done. All right, one segment left here. It is the ABTL Show live from the Kia Studios, and we are taking you up to 7 o'clock where we will hand things off to the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, I am pumped about that game tonight. Going to go home and watch it. When we get back, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. A little bit more on Trey Young. But uh, also, it's not that this all-star thing. Take away from what the Hawks have been able to accomplish over the past week. We're going to talk about that and more. It is the ABTL Show coming to you live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Hello there. More of the ABTL Show. Your everyman's dream on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back here. It is the ATL Show, live from the Kiev Studios here on a Saturday evening. And we are tipped off at the Dean Dome as Duke and Carolina are underway again. Uh, one of the big games that we'll be looking forward to in the evening across college basketball. But in the association, in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks are hosting the Golden State Warriors. And they are hot, baby. Atlanta Hawks are hot. And here's the problem is I'm a sucker all the time, like all the time. Start of the year, midway point of the year, and I mean, guys, they're drawing me back in, okay? 
They're drawing me back in. And a couple things at play here. Uh, DeJounte, 20 points or, or more in, I think, eight straight games. Uh, I think I saw that. I might be wrong. Maybe it's like 18. I think it's eight, though. 18 would be crazy. Um, Trey Young, uh, obviously motivated last night in regards to uh, the, 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 the all-star reserve snub. And so he had an outstanding performance. And uh, the Hawks have won three in a row, two of those against very good opponents. And, and that's where we are right now. They beat the Suns last night, 129-120. And it wasn't a diminished Suns team. This is Kevin Durant was at his best as well. Uh, but Trey Young, DeJounte, and the, and the group were, were a little bit too much at home. 32-15 and 15 for Trey Young. Uh, they've now won three in a row, as I mentioned. And the interesting part is the trade deadline is on Thursday. And I couldn't tell you if the Hawks right now are going to do something major, something minor, if they're not going to do anything at all. Like, it, it is totally up in the air. And, look, I, I know my cohort, Chris Thomas, said that, you know, these games right now, franchise-defining because how it could shape and impact the future. I, I think that's probably a little bit heavy of a description, but I, I think he's on the right path. I, I mean, you're trying to decide right now as a franchise what the plan is for – and, look, I'm not going to overstate it with, like, Bogdanovich or Capella, stuff like that. But, like, you're deciding right now if you're holding on to DeJounte Murray and keeping him paired with Trey or not. And the last two wins specifically, potentially a win tonight, continues to make that decision tougher and tougher. If you had lost three in a row and had fallen out of the 10th seed, maybe that decision gets made. But you've won three straight. You've got Chicago right ahead of you who just lost one of their two best players in Zach Levine for the remainder of the season. And you've got Trey Young who's agitated, and he should be. I talked about it at the start of the show. Trey Young should be an all-star. And, again, if you feel differently, that's totally fine. That is your decision. And, and look, there are some arguments. If you want to make them, have at it. I am not, but have at it. You want to tell me that this team's not good enough record-wise and he's playing for a losing team and this and that, that's, that's, that's for you to make that decision. I believe Trey Young was an all-star stub, not just because of the numbers he's putting up, but more specifically – because the fans voted him number two among Eastern Conference guards. And it was left by the media and, to some extent, the players as well, to tear that down. Uh, and I just don't think it's right. And we talked about LeBron James and, and the message he sent on Twitter last night in regards to it, that something's fishy. Trey's out there killing it every night. And, and this storyline that the players don't like Trey Young seems fraudulent to me if LeBron is coming out and supporting him. And I say it because LeBron didn't have to do that. If LeBron didn't like this guy, there's no reason he's going to respond in, in that regard. And LeBron is the player leader of the entire league. There's no denying that. And, and if LeBron likes this guy, if LeBron's okay with that guy, I'm pretty sure most of the league is. Now, that does not mean the media is. It does not mean other coaches are. But I think the players are. I mean, doesn't it? 
I don't know. Like, maybe it's just me. And, and like, I'm super sappy and sensitive a little bit. But, like, like it made me feel good to see Trey and Luca spend a moment on the court after that game. No matter the fact that Luca. You mean after he dropped 73 on the head? But but that's not what they're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. That's not what they're talking about. And, and, and like, look, I understand Luca's probably, like, the most smiley person in the league. He's always laughing. He does smile a lot. I know. I like that because I smile a lot. Like, I smile all <laughs> the time. Yeah. Like, I went to get my passport photo, and they're like, you know you can't smile, right? I'm like, and yeah, I do know, and it's going to be a problem. <laughs> like, you need to, like, have some counting technique, take it on two, I don't know. Because I slowly start to smirk it as they're creeps. saying three. I yeah, can't it help it, man. It. Always, even as a kid, my brother Ross, like, he had a great straight face for, like, a serious photo. Like, we're doing, mm. like, a, you know, we were yeah, kids, right? Back to we back do, like, a back-to-back yeah, thing, yeah. like, men in black, something. I can't, like, you it's can't. always <laughs> awkward because I would slowly start to fade in a smile. Start qu- the lip just quivers just a little bit. I've gotten a little bit better, but, like, it's still not good. Like, you might catch, like, a, a picture of me where I'm not smiling if I don't know. If I yeah. know that a picture's being, being taken of me, it is, is, it is out. so difficult for me not to <laughs> smile. I don't know. Like, that's, like, one of my weird, like, tics or something. I don't know. Like, You're probably not good at poker then, are you? I'm pretty good at poker, but like it's it's a I have different tells. Okay, got you. I don't smile when I have a good hand though. Yeah, yeah. Like I I probably the other thing about poker is I'm I'm so the fact that I smile doesn't change my quote poker face because right. I I do a lot of things on purpose in poker. True. Like yeah. good hand or bad hand, I always take the same time to bet, call, mm-hmm. fold, whatever. Yeah. Uh. I, I have the same ticks with my hand, whether I'm uh, picked up a card or not, stuff yeah. like that. I, I try not to variation my bet too much, especially if I'm leading out. It's almost always just going to be a hard three X bet, because um, you don't want to change your bet too much. Yeah. No. Now you could play around and like bet less when you have it, bet mm-hmm. more when you have it, yeah. bet less when you're bluffing more. Kind of mix it up a bit, but. Uh, the more consistent you are with what your bet percentages are going to be, the tougher it is going to be to read you as a player. Uh, and, and so the poker face, is it's never been my face that's the issue. It used to be about, like, how quickly I would bet, stuff like uh, how hard I would slam a like, chip down. You're like uh, the, the Russian in uh, Rounders when his his tail was, was breaking the, the cookies. cookies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I'm Pay not. that man his money. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Teddy KGB when it comes. To, <laughs> now I will eat cookies at the table if yeah, they're there. Not mad. Uh, but it won't determine how good or bad my hand is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it's been really interesting with the Hawks because Trey Young gets snubbed. Um, there's all this discussion regarding him, and, and rightfully so. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. There's still potential for him to make the All Star team. Julius Randle seems like he's going to be out due to injury. Likely Joel Embiid as well. Uh, and it'll be up to the commissioner, Adam Silver, to to make the right choice and to pull uh, Trey in. And Trey did also say after last night's win that he would uh, play in that game if, if asked. And I think that's a big step because there have been reports that in previous years he maybe turned down an injury replacement, but not the case. He said if asked, he would go. He would be representing more than just himself. And I thought that was a, an outstanding comment as well. But this whole trade snub discussion, this whole trade deadline stuff with it coming up on Thursday, it really kind of has masked how impressive the Hawks have been their last three games. And I said it at the start of the show. 
even if they lose tonight, which, like, you're dealing with a back-to-back, you're dealing with a second straight pretty good team, the Warriors tonight, obviously the Suns last night, like, even if you're not able to extend the win streak to four, the Hawks are playing good basketball. And, And Mike Connie tweeted it out last night after the game. Like, is this the corner? Like, is this the corner? The, the These home games, these good teams from the Western Conference, is that the corner? Are they turning it? I don't have an answer to it, but you're coming up on the trade deadline, and they need to figure out their answer pretty quickly. Because the, the premise that Turtle, Chris Thomas, was tweeting out last night, I think is accurate. Like, this this is a big decision for the franchise. Now, he used the term franchise-defining. I I do think that's a bit strong over over the long term. But it certainly is season-defining. You you are determining right now, over the next stretch of what I say, five days, six days, whether or not you are splitting up Trey Young and DeJounte Murray or not. And, and again, maybe not franchise-defining, but it's definitely season-defining. What exactly is the goal? What are you pushing for or pulling from? And what's the plan? And the way the Hawks have played the last three nights, and we're going to check them out tonight, that might be changing. Over the course of the last 72 hours, that might be changing. And again, you're looking up at a Chicago team that just lost an all-star caliber player in Zach Levine. If you miss the news, he's out for the year. And would you say they're a half game out, Dom, or a game out, whatever the numbers are? A game and a half. A game and a half out. Uh, you got 30 something games, maybe more. I don't know where numbers wise. <laughs> you can cover that. Yeah. Especially the way you're playing. You assume that they're going to suffer a little bit. I mean, look, I know that wasn't the goal. None of us wanted to be in the play in game. I was optimistic they weren't with Quinn Snyder, and things have not worked out. We're, don't forget, we're still in our first full season under Quinn Snyder. We have not even had a full – he didn't coach. He coached, what, 20 games last year plus whatever we're at now. I mean, we still haven't had 82 games under Quinn Snyder. Has it taken longer than expected to get to where they are? Absolutely. Does it mean necessarily that how they've looked the last three games is how they're going to look the rest of the way? Absolutely not. We've seen them go in stretches. I was at a watch party with Andy Bunker a couple weeks ago. It was the first time they'd won three in a row. And so we'll see, but but they are starting to have some intriguing performances, and it also comes on the heels of, yes, Trey was motivated because of the all-star stuff. You got trade deadline stuff. Maybe that's adjusted. DeJounte Murray's motivation as well. I don't really care what it takes. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't care what it takes, but you get these guys motivated. They play the way they've played the last two games. I don't even need to go back to, to before that because they beat a, a, a pretty pitiful, pitiful team. But, I mean, you come out today, if they win tonight, guys, if they beat the Warriors and the Suns back-to-back, I don't care if it's at home or not. Especially if we see something from DeJounte and Trey. Like, you got to start having those discussions of, all right, are they putting it together? Maybe. Maybe. We're going to stick around and find out. Because coming up next here on 92.9 The Game, it is the Atlanta Hawks basketball. The pregame show will be kicking off here in just a couple of moments. This has been the Abe TL Show live from the Key Studios. I am back with you all on Tuesday night with 92.9 The Game tonight, so you can check me out then. We got a lot of Falcons to get to then. We will have heard from Raheem and Fontenot by then as well. For Dom, I'm Abe Gordon. We appreciate you all sticking around right here 
on the APTL Show. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.